Join me today for another superintendent conversation. Dr. Quinn Kellis, Madison School District Superintendent in the Phoenix, Arizona area. We talk about the role charter schools is having on public school education and the way in which we can better market our value to the education community. Well, Dr. Kellis, it's really nice to spend some time with you today. You know, there have been a number of conversations recently that I've been uh, able to have with superintendents like yourself around a number of issues that our uh, districts around the U.S. are facing. If you had to, I guess, identify the top two issues that you are seeing from your peers around the country and, and maybe those that you're facing in Madison, what are some of the top, uh, not concerns, but just, let's say, um, topics that you are discussing amongst yourselves uh, as superintendents? Here in Arizona, we have some, uh, I don't think we would call them unique challenges, but they're certainly prevailing conversations that we're having with uh, the superintendents throughout the state. And as the uh, 49th on the list of school funding, we have had that conversation for, for many years, um, but it, it continues to be an active one. So uh, student funding, uh, per pupil funding is, is definitely a big one. Another challenge that uh, we in Arizona uh, talk about, uh, because I think Arizona has been identified uh, from time to time as being ground zero for the charter school movement, and Arizona continues to navigate through that transition of um, sharing the field of education with uh, public district, uh, public charter, private charter, and, and private um, private schools. So those are, are very um, dominant conversations that we're having right now. Tell me a little bit about what you think the rest of the country can learn from Arizona and the ground zero status uh, regarding charter school integration. Having the, the, this opportunity, uh, many would call it a challenge that we, I guess, would call it as an opportunity is um, looking at really what is best for, for students. I, I think it's important to keep in mind that no one entity has um, everything for everybody and that there are opportunities for students to find what meets their needs elsewhere. Um, I think what has been an ongoing uh, challenge and discussion with us is um, while there may be opportunities for, for everybody um, should there be duplicative or uh, multiple layers of the same offerings um, in the same neighborhoods? And I think where the funding gets um, thin, particularly when a public district is finding that their funds are, are running low from state funding and then another state-funded charter opens up just across the street, um, so I think the challenge that we face and that we would extend that conversation to other states is to just be very um, actively engaged in the process of um, determining where charter schools school should be opened, what kinds of charters, how can, um, how can they, both districts and charters work compatibly together without draining the system unnecessarily. And I would imagine that you and your districts uh, in Arizona have become that much more savvy and aware of the way in which we can market the message of the schools in a given community to, to draw hopefully uh, noted attention from prospective uh, students and their families. How has the marketing or the communication of 
uh, the value proposition of your schools changed uh, through these transitions? It drives our everyday conversations. When we look at marketing and student enrollment, those are pretty much in the same conversation. Um, perhaps our district might be a little bit unique. We feel like we are um, being more aggressive than our peer districts might be, but uh, we have hired a marketing firm for that very purpose of um, showcasing the, the district and the various signature programs that we offer. Many of those signature programs were developed for the ideal purpose of attracting enrollment. Um, yes, we want to be a, uh, an A-plus district. Um, we want to have what's best for our resident students, but we also recognize that um, we would not be able to survive if it wasn't for ongoing marketing of, um, of our programs. Madison District, right now we're sitting at over 50% of our students are from outside of our district. They are open enrolling into our district. And just to put that in perspective, it's my understanding that the next highest district is 14%. Wow. And so we feel like we have um, a good thing going as far as attracting students. Um, but at the same time, we feel like um, our bread and butter is from um, student choice coming to our district. Take us behind the scenes a little bit, Dr. Kellis, when you, when you think about the ways in which you've had to, to attract prospective students, uh, both in trying to respect the needs or the request of the student base as to what they want to see, what their families want to see, uh, opportunities, signature programs, and then balancing that with you know, the rigor and relevance of the content and the curriculum that you know as a leader you have to have integrated in. How do you balance that conversation and what kind of learning opportunities did you have to have as a leadership staff, your faculty staff, so that you could have these conversations without people, uh, I guess, being naysayers to a world where we have to be very mindful of attracting a student in the ways in which they would like to learn uh, and through the me methods that are uh, current? We definitely wanted to offer signature programs that were attractive. We did not want to just offer the same thing that's offered down the street. Uh, being a district school, uh, we felt like there are some expectations when uh, families enroll their child. They certainly want a, a high-quality experience. They want access to rigorous curriculum, but they also want a well-rounded experience. Um, I know that there are other districts where it's all about the the school label or it's about getting the um, the academics on on par at a at a very high level um, but to be able to offer um, field trips where other districts don't or to offer um, camps where they get on a bus and they go to a camp up in the, in the mountains for a, a day or two. Um, that well-rounded experience, we believe, is um, what families are looking for more than just uh, a strong math class experience. But at the same time, we also recognize that our signature programs need to meet the needs for students and their interests. So we have a, a complete arts school integrated. We have a Spanish immersion program. We have international baccalaureate. Um, we have STEM. And while these seem like they're nationally popular um, signatures, um, we've found that 
um, with the level of integration, the, the families are selecting programs that not only provide the academics again, but have these extra um, values added to their experience. Talk with me a little bit about technology. And are you under uh, increased pressure as a, a school, to, as a district, to provide? I guess, what's the conversation like with regards to technology? Because we see it in, come in many different forms and fashions, depend, depending upon the, the audience, right? So those that aren't in education, but they've got their students obviously in schools, see flashy technology and think that that's the way to go. Uh, those on the inside know obviously that that takes money, that takes um, infrastructure and support from a PD perspective, and that not all technology is good technology. Um, how would you look at technology in a world where you are um, in a very competitive environment? I believe that our parents, and again, this may be unique to Madison, but I believe our parents are not demanding that their students have access to the technology. It's only been within the last three years that we have introduced the uh, Bring Your Own Device initiative, and that's a 15-year-old initiative. Um, as we look at um, our ratio of devices to students, we're at a three-to-one where it's not uncommon where schools have a one-to-one. I believe the technology has its presence, and that is something that is one of our strategic plan goals: is to um, become more productive, more efficient, more innovative with learning using technology. Um, and yet, at the same time, um, it is not a driver for our success. It's it's on the horizon as as a target we want to achieve, but um, it's it is not a, a make or break for our district. Dr. Kellis, let's close with this. How has your role um, in leadership changed through the years? I think, you know, a lot of, um, there are a lot of misnomers out there about a superintendent and uh, whether or not they are city managers um, and how that has changed through the years to where you have to be much more adept at um, actually being a practitioner, understanding it from the pr practitioner level. Um, and then integrating in, like you were talking about marketing and the community. So how has that role changed for you, and how do you see it evolving uh, as we look forward? The role of the superintendent is uh, dynamic. It's fluid. I think it depends on the community. Um, my role here in this district, when I was first brought in, it was made very clear that I would be very active legislatively, um, engaging with our, our state policymakers and driving um, the state agenda as much as possible. Um, other districts, I would I would believe that their um, superintendents are much more engaged on a instructional leadership level. Um, others uh, may be more, um, just as you said, on on doing everything, um, everything, <laughs> because of the size of the district. They may be the principal of the school and the superintendent of the district. Um, so I think generally as we're moving forward, the superintendent preparation programs coming out of the universities, um, yes, they need to focus on the finance and on the, the law and on the, uh, the theory of leadership, um, but primarily um, being able to be successful depends on their ability to, to manage multiple dynamics of an institution at every level, and that comes with um, that awareness and that street smarts, I suppose, that comes from experience. Um, I believe that there is going to be a greater shortage of superintendents and principals 
as we move forward, just as um, they're, but the pool that we're finding in order to fill our positions are getting very shallow. So I'm hoping that uh, perspective and those who um, are aspiring for school leadership, I hope they will pursue their, their dreams and, and go for it. Are we doing a good job, Dr. Callis, of cultivating that next, that next group of school or district leadership? Do you think that we're actively doing that, that we are helping to isolate the, the talents and the skills needed for today's uh, district or building leader? I don't. I think that is nationally um, going to be a very big challenge probably in the next five to 10 years. We're already seeing the evidence of it right now. As I mentioned with the, the shallow uh, pool of candidates for these positions and as, um, as generation of current uh, leadership ages out, um, I personally feel like there's going to be a, a a crisis here in the near future. Uh, not only are we seeing fewer teachers in the pipeline, um, but so many teachers, when you consider almost 50% of the teachers leave the, leave the profession in five years, um, you're not getting that longevity in preparing future administrators. Um, so that pipeline has shrunk as well. And I, I believe that we need to do more on that front. Well, I appreciate your candid nature with that. I think it, I agree with you that it's a, a conversation that we need to continue to have, not only to identify the next uh, group of leaders out there, um, but to do so in a way that supports the profession and, uh, and, and makes it attractive as well. I think that's sometimes something we miss, <laughs> that maybe we can all learn from, from your district and those in Arizona that are in a much more competitive environment is the way in which we communicate our value proposition, not only from the curriculum uh, to the programs, but to our leadership as well. well Dr. Kells, thank you so much and continued success. It's a pleasure, thank you.